Welcome to the Nations Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. God really this morning uh, put a word on my heart. I was completely planning to go in another direction and wrestling with the Holy Spirit. And God really specifically and clearly spoke to me. And I want to speak into that. So um, why don't we just pray together? Why don't we just lift our hands and prepare our hearts for the word right now. Father, we just thank you so much. There, Why don't you just lift your voice right now? Begin to pray. Begin to speak in tongues and just allow the Holy Spirit to come and uh, minister to you even as you lift your voice right now. Lord, increase our sensitivity to your Spirit. Increase our awareness, O oh God, of your presence. God, I thank you for every single person in this room right now, that your blessing and your favour is upon them. I thank you, O oh God, for your favour upon this house. I thank you, O oh God, that none of us are here by accident this morning, but by divine design. And I pray, O oh God, your blessing, your favour and your grace upon every single one of us, O oh God, upon marriages, Lord, upon men and women, boys and girls, sons and daughters, mums and dads. Father, I pray, O oh God, that businesses would be blessed and highly favoured. I, I just declare, Lord, blessing and prosperity over your house. And Father, I thank You, the good work that You've started this weekend. Lord, You're continuing this morning. You're continuing into tonight and into the rest of this year. This is the year of the Lord's favour over this house. And Father, I thank You that external circumstances don't tick, dictate heavenly intention. And so Father, right now, let the intention of Your heart be revealed. Let the thought, mind and heart of Christ, O oh God, be given to us in this moment. Let there be an awareness, O oh God, of Your Spirit at work. Let us have an ear to hear what Your Spirit is saying to the church. God, we love You, we honour You, and we welcome Your Holy Spirit here today. Come and speak to us. Come and move amongst us. And let all that takes place today be for Your glory and honour. I pray in Jesus' Name. And everybody said, Amen. Awesome. One more time. Put your hands together. Honour the Lord. You may be seated. If I could just have a little bit more microphone, that would be great. They work you hard at Nations Church. They put me on an IV drip out the back before. and Nearly, nearly. No, it's... I haven't been here for a while, so Pastor Ken said, yep, just load him up, just give him as many sessions as possible. I uh, felt like I was itinerant again. I'm literally preaching eight times this weekend, and some of our team said, we don't even get to preach eight times in a year, let alone in a weekend, but um, it, it's good. God gives you grace to do what He's called you to do, and it's a privilege. Um, I have had a phrase resonating in my spirit all morning that I literally cannot shake for you. And that is the stewardship of influence. The stewardship of influence. And uh, literally in just a few minutes this morning, the Holy Spirit just, there was this flurry of download 
for you. And the Lord said, I want you to write down what I'm about to speak. And whenever the Lord says write down, it means get ready, get ready, get ready. I'm about to give you a word for people or for my life or for the church. And this morning, that's what the Holy Spirit said. I want to read you what uh, the Lord revealed because now you're going to become stewards of this word. The Lord says, I'm leading nations into a season of greater influence. The metron and sphere of influence is increasing. And they will teach and impart to the wider body the stewardship of influence. By the way, it's no accident that I think it's correct, the state conference is going to be held here. That's a prophetic picture of what God is going to do with this church in the city, the state, and expanding to other regions, lands, and nations. Pastor Ken and Chrissy have stewarded, the Lord says, everything I've given to them so well that now I can entrust to them more. Their hearts are unfettered by earthly things, therefore I can entrust to them true riches, which is people's souls. I'm about to open the gates to a harvest of souls across the nation's family. The north will see increase and then the nation's family will move further north into another city and nation. Connections will grow in New Zealand. Interesting. I'll join the dots between Perth, New Zealand and Asia. Nations is at a parable of the talents moment whereby faithfulness with Two talents has resulted in being given two more talents and two more cities in the next five years. I am with you. My presence will accompany your stewardship of time, talent and treasure. I've called you to steward greater influence. And I literally saw Pastor Ken and Chrissy and the team here. I saw not only people coming here to learn of what God is doing here, but I saw you going. And I believe that your ministry to the wider body is about to open to a significantly new level. And I saw you going and God sending you to churches and other ministries to teach them how to steward what they have for increase. Because there is an anointing. In fact, I just want to pray for you both right now. And I'm just going to ask my wife uh, and, and Kai to come and just stand with these guys. Can you just extend your hand towards them right now? Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just declare and release the stewardship of increase right now. That there already carries... A heart and an anointing for this, but the Lord says that God is giving you greater capacity to minister greater influence into the body of Christ. Doors are about to open all across the body of Christ and all across the world. And what has started as a trickle, the Lord says, will increase uh, into being a, a steady flow of water and river of invitations. And the Lord says, I'm in it and I'm a part of it and I'm actually giving you grace to be able to lead at a local level, but also to be able to minister and be a voice at a national and international level. And the Lord says, I'm releasing more to you. I'm releasing increase upon your life. And Lord, right now, fill them 
with your Holy Spirit. Fill them, O God, with visions and dreams. Fill them, O God, with teachings. The Lord says there's going to be a flurry of inspired words and teachings around stewardship, around resource, around influence and around increase that God is going to give to you, that you are going to export around the world and you are going to minister into environments and it is going to bring increase in those those places and in those churches and lands to whom much is given, much is required, but you've been found faithful. And so too, as you've stewarded the little in your hands, you will also be faithful stewards of the much. I declare this over you today and everybody is in agreement with this says, Amen. Amen and Amen. Stewardship of influence is what I want to talk to you about today. And I want you to go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth and he says this, This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards, everybody say stewards, of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. Uh, One of the distinctives of Jesus' teaching was an emphasis on the heart. In fact, in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, over 860 times the heart is mentioned and generally the context of the heart relates to stewardship. On top of that, in the New Testament, about 175 times the word heart is mentioned and Jesus had a lot to say about the heart because as the heart goes, so your life follows. And nowhere is the condition and priority of our hearts better seen than in how you and I steward and handle material things. Many of us don't realise, but God brings increase into our life in the spiritual realm based upon how we steward and handle natural things. Luke 16, 11 says, If you've been unfaithful in the unrighteous wealth and mammon, speaking of material things, money, who will entrust to you true riches? So your capacity to be able to handle and steward true riches, which is what? Eternal values, people's souls, comes back to how you and I handle faithfully the material and practical things that God places into our hands. Literally, eternity and all that we will walk in in the spiritual riches of eternity is being determined by how we handle the natural and practical things in our lives right now. That tells me that how you steward your time really does matter how you steward the gifts and abilities and talents that God has given to you really does matter. How you steward being planted in God's house really does matter. The role that you have now, the responsibilities that you have. God's not expecting you to be perfect. There's only one who's perfect. And even when the Bible speaks about be perfect as I am perfect, he's actually talking more about completion, wholeness in Christ than he is about you getting everything perfect. So that perfectionist performance orientation needs to surrender and submit to the Lord. 
Lordship of Jesus and you need to come back to understanding that you're a son and daughter of God. Get rid of that worldly perfectionist performance, obsessive compulsive sort of approach to life where everything has got to be perfect. No, it doesn't. You've got to be obedient and you've got to be a steward and not being perfect in everything. So don't think that it's about you having to work everything out and then God saying, here you go. No, it's about you simply stewarding and taking responsibility. And you need to understand today, God has not called you to be the owner of what He's entrusted you with, but a steward. A steward manages something on behalf of something else. The reason this church is blessed and is doing what it's doing in this hour is because your leaders and the governance bodies of this church understand we are not owners. God is the creator of heavens and earth. Jesus is the one who's building His house. We are simply stewards of what God has entrusted to us. And one of the defining moments in every single believer's journey spiritually is when they come into a revelation, I am not the owner and I am not the master of the universe. I am not the Lord of my life, but Jesus is. I am simply a steward and a manager. How many of us know this life is so fleeting? You're here one moment and you're gone the next. The Bible says we are a vapour. We are a mist. We are a wind here one moment and gone the next. In fact, we are children of the wind, not a foul smelling wind, but the wind of the Holy Spirit. We are children, sons and daughters of the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is moving to and fro across the earth, accomplishing certain thoughts, intentions of God's heart through His people. And He looks for faithful stewards who will honour faithfully the entrustment that they've been given. That comes back to the condition of your heart. Nowhere is the condition of your heart better seen than in how you steward material things. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, your treasure follows where your heart leads. And many of us give enough to ease our conscience, but not enough to transform our hearts. That's better than how you just responded right there. It's tight, but it's right. Many of us have a mentality that says, God, you should be happy with my tip when all of heaven gave you absolutely everything you need that pertains to life and godliness. And we're so grateful that He's given us everything. But when God asks us to give up something, we're like, hang on a second, that devil is a liar. And it's like, no, no, no. You can't be, you know, sort of grateful on the one hand, but reluctant when God says, that I want you to give. That I want you to serve. That I want you to go. You see, only those whose hearts have been transformed can effectively steward, influence, resource, money, people for the purpose for which it's given. Any blessing, promotion, prosperity, increase that God gives in your life is actually not about you or me. It's about His kingdom extending across the earth. And when you and I make whatever is in our hands about us, we'll probably soon lose it. Or even if we get to, by His grace, retain it, it will not produce the fruit and harvest of righteousness that God ultimately intends for it. 
You see, in Deuteronomy 8.18, the Bible says, Remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power, the ability, the capacity to get wealth, material things, so that God may confirm His covenant with you and I. In other words, God is on a mission. Even in the old covenant, let alone the new covenant, God is on a mission. And His mission is His chosen people to represent Him across the earth. And in the new covenant, you and I as the church, as the body of Christ, are His chosen representatives on the earth to declare the excellencies of Him who has called us out of darkness and into His wonderful light. And you and I are chosen to steward whatever He places in our lives and our hands so that He may confirm His covenant in the earth. Your business is not about you. Your business is all about Him. It's all about His kingdom. That's why I say to business people, you better hitch the wagon of your business to the local church because the only thing that Jesus is building for all eternity is the church of Jesus Christ. And every business that's not connected and every person who's not aligned with what God is building will only suffer Uh, ash at the end of the age when our works are tested by fire and that which is not gold and silver and set apart for God will amount to an absolute ash heap if we have not invested our lives, our resource, our time, our talent into the only thing that Jesus said he was building. That's why we've got to be so careful that the dreams that we're dreaming are not simply fantasies of our flesh, but are inspired by the Spirit. Sometimes we need to go on a journey of discerning what world that is and what the source of it is and how it works and, and all of that. And sometimes that's a bit of a confusing journey. But you shall know them by their fruit. Fast forward your thinking about where the outcome of that dream being fulfilled And think about, is the fruit of that actually going to be a greater blessing to others and for his house and for the kingdom? Or is it only really about me getting my heart's desires? Is this helping anyone today? And so because God has called all of us into covenant relationship with him, every single disciple of Jesus in this room, which means a student, a learner, a follower of Christ, Every single one of us is actually called to steward whatever is in our hands to build God's house and not serve ourselves. Now, there are several metaphors in the Bible for the church. One of those metaphors is of the bride of Christ. It's a beautiful picture of the church. Um, But there are some other metaphors that, you know, it's sort of like, Jesus, why did you have to choose them? Like a flock of sheep. It's like, why? I don't want to be known as a sheep. I want to be known as a lion. And like, why couldn't you say the church is a pack of lions, a herd of lions? No, we're a flock of sheep. Okay, so that's not encouraging. But how many know there's an element of truth to that? That there's something within us that tends to be sheep-like. That's why we need a chief shepherd. Not only that, but there's other metaphors. An army. That we, how many know we're engaged in a spiritual battle? That there's spiritual warfare all around us. We're living in a climate of spiritual warfare. And we need to understand the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. 
And, and so there's all these different metaphors and we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, not just individually, but collectively. But then there's this metaphor that's so relevant to today on this issue of the stewardship of influence. And that is that we are the body of Christ. Now, 1 Corinthians 12 sort of espouses and helps us understand this teaching where we're one body made up of many members and every one of us has a contribution and a role to play. If all of us were an eyeball, where would be the sense of hearing or smelling or speaking? If all of us were just a foot or a little toe, uh, it, it could get a little bit complex when it comes to other aspects of the body. We all have a part to play. You have been entrusted with a stewardship from heaven to contribute to the body of Christ. Now, the context of 1 Corinthians 12 is spiritual gifts, anointing, the grace, the call, the, 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 the presence of the Holy Spirit manifest through you through talents and abilities but equally you have an entrustment of heaven when it comes to the stewardship of resource and of giving and if you don't play your part and your role in the stewardship of influencing what God's given to you the body is incapacitated in its ability to mature to reach the full stature and measure of Jesus the unity of the faith and to accomplish God's purposes in the earth. Now, when I left high school, I worked with car accident victims in a hospital, assisting them to rehabilitate from horrific injuries. And there was all sorts of TAC insurance claims in Melbourne at a hospital. And I would work with these people in the hydro pool, etc., etc., with the doctors on their regimes and programs to help connect their, 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 their brain to, to the use of their limbs. And the government recognised these people as being disabled and therefore was given compensation and the necessary and just treatment that they needed to be able to rehabilitate and, and, and grow into a measure of strength in their body and enjoyment of life that they once had. Well, imagine with me as the body of Christ, if we have limbs and members of the body that are not contributing and stewarding what God has given to them, the body of Christ becomes disabled, incapacitated, in its capacity and ability to affect change and confirm God's covenant in the earth. Do you realise statistically right now across the body of Christ in Australia and in Western nations that the percentage of giving contributors, financial tithers and contributors to the local church is at about 3 to 5%. And so, yes... Um, no, it, it's bad. Yes. And so, don't receive condemnation. I love it. Call it out. Call it out. It's awesome. It encouraged me. I'm a words of affirmation. You want to encourage a preacher? Call it out. And so, uh, so you imagine with me, 3 to 5% of your body is just above your ankles. If I only have 3 to 5%, if I only have just above my ankles capacity, Large portion, majority of my body is incapacitated from being able to do what needs to do. And people say, well, why doesn't the church do more in the world? And God's saying, why don't you steward what I put into your hands and contribute what I've called you to do? Do you know, in any given church in Western countries, only about 10 to 20% serve in the local church. We wonder why the body is incapacitated from impacting and changing a world. You see, it's a foreign concept in the New Testament for people to attend church, watch worship, bless me if you can, 
listen to a sermon, receive spiritually and give nothing of what God has put into their hands. It's a foreign concept. It doesn't exist in Jesus' theology, in the apostles' theology, and the New Testament. And everything I'm talking about right now is about building a platform for not just increase in the local church, but increase in your life. The only way to increase is to steward what you got. Like everything my wife and I and our family, we're walking in right now in our life. Literally, I'll be honest with you, I dreamt over 20, about 25 years ago. 25 years ago, God began to speak. God began to challenge. God began to, but, but we didn't just go from dream to fulfillment. It went from dream, vision, stewardship. In the unseen places, time in the cave with the Holy Spirit, setting up chairs when there wasn't a, a chair set up team. I thought, God, I thought you called me to be a prophet to the nations and I'm here setting up chairs. And the Lord says, son, ministry to the nations begins with ministry to the chairs. Set up the chairs. Yes, sir. See, in our culture, in our day and age, we think everything just happens instantly. You know, I'm so blessed to be here because I was here many years ago where I saw even some of the early stages of bump in, bump out. First time I preached here in that basketball stadium, I still remember it. And, you know, at least, you know, two of the three messages were okay, if I can remember fondly. And then Sunday night we came home. I'm actually spewing I'm not preaching here Sunday night because Sunday night nations and pastor get just, it's like, a hand in a glove. It just works. But come tonight, it's going to be awesome. Not, maybe not as awesome as I, but it's going to be awesome. I remember being here and I remember people, I've met people in this congregation who for 10 years every Sunday would set up, bump in, bump out. This, if you just joined on the journey, this thing did, didn't just happen. This stuff like this doesn't just happen. Someone had to steward when no one was looking, when people wanted to give up and, and it was difficult to sacrificially give and difficult to preach some messages and difficult to pass. Someone had to steward everything. My wife and I and our church is walking in is because someone stewarded many years ago. Our church is, is turning 100 years of age in 2025, centenary celebrations. First AOG in this country, move of God, revival. We would not be what we have in an asset practically in the city of Melbourne and beyond, let alone the spiritual heritage. If 100 years ago and 70 years ago and 50 years ago and 20 years ago, a generation of people stewarded what was in their hands and gave sacrificially. This doesn't just happen. You're in a miracle. You're in a God moment. You're in a move of God. And if God is, this is just the start, what He's going to be to come comes back to your stewardship. Man, I'm preaching myself happy right now. The stewardship of influence. It's on this house. It's, it's in the air. I can taste it. I can smell it. It's, it's, it's the air you breathe. It's upon you. And God is wanting you to grow in this because more is want, God is wanting to give you more. You see, nothing bonds two people together more than the secrets that they share. God is looking for friends 
not employees, not acquaintances, not just servants. For all of our talk about service, our service should come out of friendship. He says, no longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends. A servant doesn't know what his master's doing, but a friend I've revealed all to. You're my friends, Jesus says. Servanthood is a great place to start, but it's inferior to friendship. Because when you're a friend of God, servanthood takes care of itself. Friendship requires stewardship. And it's in the context of friendship that God shares His secrets with faithful stewards. Because the bigger the secret, the more trust is required in the relationship. What did Paul say? We are stewards of the mysteries of God. And it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. You know, we hear a lot about us trusting God. But I think equally we need to hear about God is looking for people to trust. Secrets with, responsibilities with. You know, God is looking for just about anyone to do anything on His behalf, but He is looking for trustworthiness. The Bible says, don't throw your pearls before swine. So if God gives us that exhortation, then He's also not going to throw His pearls to those who are untrustworthy. He is going to actually give us opportunity, blessing, promotion, responsibility as we are trustworthy with what He gives to us. God has secrets to share, but He will limit His secrets. He will limit His movements in our life according to our trustworthiness. Think about between Malachi, the prophet Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, and John the Baptist in the first book of the New Testament, Matthew, there are 400 years of silence. Approximately 14 generations, God's not saying anything because there was no one trustworthy to steward the mystery of God. Is there anybody in this generation that can be found trustworthy to steward what God wants to do in the city of Perth, in the nation of Australia and the nations of the earth? He's looking, his eyes, the Bible says, are running to and fro throughout the earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal and trustworthy. You see, only those who cultivate a lifestyle of stewardship in their friendship with God are fit to be entrusted with the secrets of heaven. Why is that? Because revelation from heaven implies responsibility on earth. You have a responsibility for the revelations that God has entrusted to you. What does Luke 12, 48 says? To whom much is being given, much will be required. I love this quote from Bill Johnson. He says, by keeping revelation from those without hunger, God protects them from certain failure to carry the responsibility it would lay on them. And so he conceals revelation knowledge from them for their own benefit. Sometimes in order for God to answer our prayers, He actually has to change our hearts. And some of us are like, God, why won't you answer this prayer? Why won't you move in this way? And part of it is because our hearts can't contain the answer, the blessing yet. And so in order to be a recipient of the blessing and the answer, God has to change and transform our hearts. When Saul, who became the Apostle Paul, encountered the Lord 
on the Damascus Road, knocked off his mule. And for three days and three nights, he had no sight. He neither ate nor drank. If you saw the angel of the Lord appear in light going down one of the major highways of this city, you'd probably find yourself so speechless, so captivated that for just for a few days, maybe even at least for a few hours, there you would be in, in rapturous sort of awe of who God is. And for three days and three nights, Saul in the natural was blinded. His appetite in the natural was abated. Why? Because sometimes you need to understand the Lord has to blind our natural faculties so that our spiritual faculties can perceive and lay hold of what God is wanting to do in our lives. It was only after Saul's hunger had been stirred did God release the revelation of his call to him through someone who Paul would have perceived to be inferior And yet through his encounter with God, a humility of heart, a transformation in his heart took place where he became like a little child to receive of what God wants to do. Sometimes the Lord allows lack and blindness to stir up a hunger and appetite to go deeper into his presence. Because it's only spiritual hunger that qualifies us to be entrusted with heaven's secrets. I want to tell you today, the measure of your hunger determines the measure of your filling. Remember one time I asked the Holy Spirit, how long do you want me to pray? said, wrong question. He said, how hungry are you? What do you want from me? Sometimes we're trying to compartmentalise our faith our intimacy into, you know, I'll, I'll give you 90 minutes on Sunday. I'll give you half an hour, an hour in my devotions and it's cute and it's neat and it's nice. That's not the issue. The issue is how hungry are you? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I know about you. Have you ever been really hungry? Some of you are getting hungry right now. I wish this preacher had just finished and we can go get some lunch. Uh, ever been really hungry? When, my, my grandfather used to say, if you're really hungry, you'll eat anything. You know, and, and I'd be thirsty. I remember when my grandparents were alive as a little kid. Oh, um, Pop, can, can I have a drink? And, you know, have you got any, like, soft drink? Or, you know, you got any it's lemonade, Sprite? No, we don't have that. He's old school. No, we don't have that, but we've got a tap. <laughs> oh, great. Water's always there. He goes, if you're thirsty, you'll drink anything. Then he'd proceed to tell me a World War II story, Papua New Guinea, you know. <laughs> He marched for 36 hours and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a condemnation and shame. Conviction of the Holy Spirit comes on me. Okay, I'll drink the water. And, but when you're thirsty and hungry, you'll do anything. You'll, 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 you know, you'll be in a wilderness. You'll go for miles to find a restaurant. If you're really hungry for something, you'll do whatever you've got to do. How hungry are you for the presence of God? How hungry are you for God to move? The issue isn't in how, what's the least amount I can do for God to move in my life? The issue is the measure of your hunger determines the measure of your breakthrough. Little hunger, little filling, little hunger, little breakthrough. Could it be that the lag time between your hunger And his revelation is the proving ground of your stewardship for increase. You see, the truth is God hides his word for us, not from us. Some of you feel like God is hidden from you. No, he's hiding for you. 
Proverbs 25, 2 says, It's the glory of God to conceal things, but it's the glory of kings to search things out. It's actually your glory. It's your honour. It's your privilege to go on a hide-and-seek adventure with God. On an adventure, an exploration, God, where are you at work in my life? What are you wanting to do? And and we can sort of say, and I get this attitude at times because I'm still getting sanctified. Well, God, life is already hard enough. Don't make it more complex. Just, I'm a simple fella. Make it clear. Is anyone else with me in that? I says, I don't complicate it. So I'm not that intelligent. Just make it simple. I, I need God to just sometimes slap me upside the head. Just make it clear and simple. Don't make it complicated. Life is already difficult. There's enough resistance in life without God resisting you. Oh God, just make it simple. And he says, no, no, you don't understand. I'm not resisting you. I'm actually drawing you closer to promote you. I'm allowing some contradictions and paradox, not to punish you or to frustrate you, but to actually bring you into a greater dimension of my intimacy, my presence, my blessing, and what I want to do through your life. Stop interpreting everything paradox as like God's angry with you or the devil is even in it. Could it be that God's playing hide and seek? Every kid loves to play hide and seek. When my 14-year-old son, who's now taller than me, it's not fair. It's not difficult, but it's not fair. It's very hurtful. My middle son, who I heard this morning, just kicked a goal to win the game for the soccer team in Jesus' name. Nations Conference is winning. The Turners are winning. The Kingdom is winning. I wasn't there to get to see his first goal for the season. Thank you, Ken and Christy. But, but it, it's awesome. It's awesome. And, uh, you know, my son's pushing six foot five. I'm like, how did that happen? Am I really the father? I don't know. But, you know, uh, my wife assures me I am. And so, you know, and, and, and my 14-year-old son, when he was nine, loved to play hide and seek. And so, you know, I realised that he just wanted his dad to pursue him. He wanted that moment where his dad's running around pursuing him and the great unveiling, oh, found you. And when he found, it was like, oh, you know, the game. but the tension of the pursuit, your heavenly father is the same way. He wants you to be lost in the romance of a pursuit of Him and intimacy and His Word and what He wants to do in your life because He loves you. He's jealous for you. He wants your affection. He says, seek first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will take care of itself. Stop chasing all the other things and just get lost in the romantic pursuit of intimacy with Jesus. You see, God conceals truth to separate the prideful from the humble. Luke 10 says, you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding. You've revealed them to little children. You see, everybody understands knowledge is power. and God doesn't want prideful people to be powerful. So he conceals knowledge and revelation from them because he knows that the prideful will manipulate and misuse the entrustment of heaven for their own gain. And so the secrets of heaven, the increase of heaven, you can get increased, by the way, in this world without God giving it to you and blessing you. Heavenists know you can manipulate and leverage your flesh, your strengths, your abilities for increase. God never gave it. But this is what I've learned. 
what the flesh births, the flesh has to sustain. What the spirit births, the spirit's responsible to sustain. So we only want those things that are given to us from the Spirit, birth from the Spirit, led by the Spirit, because all you and I need to do is keep in step with the Spirit and steward what He's given to us for those things to produce fruit. And so we, we need to understand that when we hunger for the presence of God in that romantic pursuit, the fruit of our hunger is evidence of our humility. And so God says, increase. Here you go. God wants to be pursued, Nations Church. And you will find Him when you seek after Him. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Why? Because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Do you know God is not a respecter of persons? I I thank you so much for the honour, the love. I've always felt honoured, loved, respected here And uh, it's wonderful because the the, the honour that you receive someone with is the honour you receive in your life, okay? So I'm so grateful for it. But God's no respecter of persons who's on the planet. He's a respecter of the principle of faith. And whether you've got a title in front of your name, whether you're a student right now, a primary school student, uh, whether you're a, a top flight business person, whether you're a doctor, a candlestick maker or a baker, it really doesn't matter to God. He is looking at the heart is there, a, is there a heart of stewardship of the principle of faith? And there I will declare my blessing. See, the call of every believer in this room is the call to steward. The secrets, the increase, the influence of heaven. And it's so important that sometimes Maturity is best demonstrated not by declaring, showing off all that God has given to you, but like Mary, pondering these things in your heart. I heard Larry Randolph say one time, the true test of a prophet is not what he shares, but what he dies knowing. Sometimes the true test of our lives and our ministries is not what everyone sees on social media, external, but it's the stewardship in the secret place. It's the entrustment in the secret place where no one sees that God sees. Samson's anointing wasn't just in his hair, it was in his ability to keep a secret. Man, that'll set you free in a world that wants to tell everyone, look at me. Look what I've done. Look at my platform. What social media has done is given everyone a platform to share useless information. Let's give everyone a soap. I just got crazy eyes then. My church tells me when I get crazy eyes, look out, look out. But seriously, on social media, nothing wrong with being on social media, but the issue isn't have you, I've got to say something, the issue is have you got anything worth saying? And not everything in your life like smashed avo at brunch and, and like what, not everything needs to be shared, thank you, awesome, you're a foodie fantastic, I, I'm not, but I, not everything needs to be shared and when it comes to the secrets of heaven when it comes to the increase of God upon your life, be content to steward 
in the secret place. Because when no one's watching, God is. My greatest breakthroughs never came on platforms. They came in private. And if you'll take care of the shadows, God will take care of the spotlight. Because when you step into the spotlight of His purpose and His call on your life, you'll steward it. Because it's not about you. Thanks for listening to the Nations Church podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com. Thank you.